the city of the dead. Once a vibrant place full of remembrance and the celebration of lives well lived. Now, it's just a giant graveyard. Is this where we're going to solve our case and find out who's waiting for us inside these crypts? No time like the present. Sure, the Harpers may call it the City of Splendors, but to everyone else, it's still just water deep. Okay, everyone, welcome back. When last we left off, our adventurers were outside the mausoleum. They had detected an alarm upon the doors, and Doran, using detect object on the dusk man's cloak, was able to detect it 800 feet below the surface. Uh, so I'm gonna kick it over to you guys. How are you? How are you proceeding from here? Do do any of us have dispel magic for this alarm that's on the front of the mausoleum? Did we determine it was a magical alarm? Yeah, that that is, would require some clarification on my point. It is not a magical alarm. Oh, it is a okay. it is like a physical alarm trap that a particular goblin rogue with I'm assuming plus eighteen the sleight of hand. Uh, would be capable of disarming by rolling anything higher than a three. It's 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 actually only plus three. Ooh, did I find something Max doesn't excel at? I think you have. Well, plus three is still pretty good. Like that's not. <laughs> I mean, I have a sixteen at. dexterity. I just I am not proficient or expertised at sleight of hand. So does anyone have the silence spell? Ledger has spent a long time reading Adit's Home Security's uh, catalog, so he'd like to, <laughs> at a distance, take a look and see what he might be able to see about this alarm. Yeah, roll uh, roll an investigation, Sam. Yeah, it's not, not really all that great. Investigation is a three. Oh, no. Okay, so you're able to recognize this as something from the fall catalog, which unfortunately you weren't particularly interested in. (laughs) So you don't know enough about it to feel like you can effectively disarm it. Max will will go and will investigate the alarm. Okay. That is a 10... 10 on the dice, so 19 total. Because this is something that I have expertise in. Uh, yeah, you're able to get a good feel for it. You think that um, uh, you would be able to disarm it. I, I do so. I disarm it. Don't you have to roll a sight of hand to disarm it? Or is it an investigation? Do you have thieves tool? I do. Thieves tools, yes. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You get the proficiency and all that, yeah. This is not sleight of hand. This is a thieves tools roll. That's right. So roll to use your thieves tools to see if you disarm it. It's a 16 total. 10 on the dice, 6. Excellent. You are able to disarm the trap. You feel confident that it did not alert the denizens. We'll call them the denizens of the mausoleum. The inhabitants. Plural. Quick uh, clarification, point of order. Uh, How many of the Harpers who are here on a provisional, we're going to see if Celine is going to make the cut basis, are joining us as we move into the mausoleum? That is a great question. I'm so glad you asked it, Max. So you see in the the main Harper's eyes, his acknowledgement 
of this unspoken question. And he steps forward and he says, so here's the deal. Obviously, we're here to test out Celine and whether or not she's Harper material. Uh, but we, we obviously, we have a stake in this as well. This is a, a Harper issue. But we haven't investigated it to the extent that you have. So we will defer to you in the invasion of the, the mausoleum. Uh, let's call it an incursion. And in the, the incursion, he snaps yeah, his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incursion. The incursion of the mausoleum. So here's the deal. We have combat ready with us. A rogue, a bard, a cleric, and a warrior. Oh. Each one of these people will accompany one of you and listen to your directions as we execute this incursion. So it's amongst, talk amongst yourselves, he says to the Waterdeep Detective Agency, who goes with who? I feel like Celine by default gets the first pick because she's also giving them a chance. Oh. That's, I mean, that's true. Fletch, assign, assign them a number. I'm going to roll a d4. You're doing it randomly? I'm doing it randomly. Oh. It's a Celine thing, obviously. It's a four. Basically, so what Celine does, this is how I'm interpreting your random She dice spins roll. around with her eyes closed and just points. Exactly. That is yep. exactly where She's I was going. She's just spinning around. This. She's getting a little dizzy. She puts she stops. a hand, she puts a hand over her eyes. Yeah, so she no, can't, I just did that. So she can't peek. Yep. And then she spins around and stops. And when she stops, her finger is pointing at the the largest of the four. And this is obviously the warrior. He has a, a great two-handed sword um, strapped at his belt, and he's wearing a plate cuirass armor piece over his chest. Uh, and he just looks super capable uh, with this weapon. And he steps forward, and he extends a hand out to you. And he says, hello, my name's Ryan. Doran just pouts. Celine looks up at him she's like kind of just sort of shifting back and forth because she made herself too dizzy and she stretches out her hand and goes nice to meet you Ryan are you ready for this he nods he says yes ma'am who's next I feel like Ledger and Doran would like look at each other and then rock, paper, scissors real quick. Normally they would, but Doran's pouting, so he just waves. Ah. He waves <laughs> off to Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, can, it doesn't matter now. I can see it. I can <laughs> see it in my head exactly <laughs> as it's happening. Okay, Ledger, are you going random or are you picking one? I never ever imagined I would receive deference from the Harpers. Uh, You're supposed to be fabulous entertainers, and if I'm going down in a crypt to die, I might as well hear a song or a tale on the way. Uh, I'd, I'd like to take the bard with me. But you never like listening to my songs. <laughs> Now's not the time, Celine. Now who's pouting? <laughs> I have so many tales to tell you. <laughs> yeah, now who's pouting? <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, uh, you say you want the bard and the main harper, the harper that you've been dealing with this entire time. He steps forward and he gives you like a a nod and like a wink. And he's like, that'd be me. What was your name again? (laughs) (laughs) He grins and he says, you can call me Castle Haas. Hasselhoff? He he kind of, he rests a hand down on his sword uh, and just with a really affable grin, he's like, only if you want another hole. <laughs> I like this one. I like this one. <laughs> All right, Doran, who do you want? Doran points over at the, the rogue. Well, looks like you're with me, party of three. Par- what? Party of three? <laughs> It's the third party. He, t- he, he taps party. his head and winks. Oh, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it took oh, me a minute, too. But oh, I'm, no. so, I'm so glad that he said that. Like, he's just, this is the new normal for Doran. Doran now counts as two people because Casper is up there. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. When he's eating meat pies, he says stuff like, eating for two now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when Doran approaches the meat pie vendors now, they're like, oh, God, he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's him. <laughs> so the rogue is a very tall, dashing woman. And she steps forward and she gives you a nod. Uh, and loosens the daggers in their sheaths around her belt. What's your name? (laughs) Friend? She says, "Uh, you can call me Mallory. Uh, What did you mean by three? Oh, I've got a good friend inside my head. He swallowed a ghost. Ain't that right, Casper? (laughs) When he was a toad. Harper's like, did we choose the wrong people for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mallory fails her um, Constitution saving performance Constitution. performance check, and her eyebrows like climb her forehead as she she just nods and she's like, yeah, good friend in your head, sure. And then Max will uh, Max will look over at the cleric and be like, all right, I've been. I've been wanting a cleric this entire time because <laughs> ours is uh, no longer with us. So, hi, I'm Max. He steps forward. He's very quiet um, and a little severe. And he says, uh, you may call me Calibo. Calibo. What type of, what type of cleric are you, uh? I only ask because our um, our countess she was a uh, she was a trickster cleric so lots of tricks lots of uh, lots of excitement lots of liquefaction if you know what I mean. Some goo. Goons. The cleric's goo. like, what do you mean clerics don't liquefy people? <laughs> Ours did. <laughs> That's why we like her so much. Tempest. A tempest cleric. All right. All right, we got a couple of storm, storm folk here. Maxwell, kick a thumb over to Ledger. Ledger pretends to not notice that happening. <laughs> um. So Castlehost says, uh, "We will, we will follow your lead. Uh, we will listen to you and um, follow your directions." That being said, none of us are keen on sacrificing ourselves. Uh, for 
your glory. And so if you give us a direction that would lead to our demise, uh, we will likely not follow it. Where's the fun in that? Calibo gives you a very even stare. <laughs> Doran reaches into his pack and he pulls out a Cholton meat pie and he looks at Mallory. <laughs> Eat this! <laughs> she just does. She just grabs it and throws it down in like three quick bites and then licks her fingers. Oh, I like her! <laughs> okay, so forces have been distributed. The alarm on the door has been disarmed. Uh, you can now choose to enter the mausoleum. Do what you want to do. I think that me and the hoss over here would um, would be the best to, to take up uh, the front. Uh, Doran will go next. Oh, the, the tanky up front. And third in line? I think it should be Max and the cleric. Celine will take up the back with the warrior. All right. Lead the way, Ledger. Great. So Ledger and Castle Hoss enter the mausoleum. It's a relatively small room. It's not a it's not like this great big enormous thing, but in the back you can see where the floor has been broken in and a tunnel leads down into the earth. Uh, you can see sort of emanating up the flickering light of torches. And you recognize that it's warmer in the mausoleum than it is outside and that a hot Wind is blowing up out of that tunnel. Does it smell like anything? Roll a perception check. That's not good. <laughs> it's a four on the die. So, seven. No, you can't smell anything. Is my uh, passive investigation of 24 <laughs> giving me anything as we go in through the, uh, through the entrance? You can just barely sort of make out this strange scent. It's a, it's a little unlike anything you've ever smelled before except for one thing. You can only really associate it with one place and that is the Gnomish Research Division of Adit's Home Security. Oh. Um, in a in a mechanical way or in a um, like in an organic sort of um yeah, I guess is it more organic or more mechanical? For lack of a better term, chemical. Chemical, okay. I will uh, pass that along to the group. To my group, not the Harpers, though. I'm leaving them out. <laughs> you usher your group aside real quick and just have a very hushed conversation and then go back? <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm kidding. Yeah, Ledger's very concerned on hearing that, but doesn't really know what to do with the information other than you know, continue to, to move forward. So you, I, I presume by moving forward into the tunnel at the back of the mausoleum? Yeah, it sounds like there's enough torchlight that Ledger can see. Yeah, there is. Uh, the, the tunnel itself is actually lined with torches all the way back. And then you see it kind of switch down and around and it descends further into the earth. Now... This is something that all of you are, I mean, even though you're kind of urban detectives and adventurers, you're all, you've been in Undermountain, you've been uh, uh, in similar situations, uh, but never anything quite like this. There's like a real sense of, um, this is not the ancient tunnels of the Undermountain. These are relatively new. They feel like they've been carved into the earth. 
um, if not recently, in recent memory. It's got that fresh drywall smell. Plaster dust on the ground. So it takes you further and further into these tunnels, and you start running into um, existing structures that were in the earth that uh, presumably are connected to other larger mausoleums. And these are rooms where sarcophagi uh, and tombs and, you know, these bodies are interred and the tunnel, it's almost like the tunnel is intercepting them on its way down and around and through and into different places as if the people excavating were looking for something. And in a lot of these mausoleums, dirt is sort of mounded up uh, inside of them to dispose of the, all the waste in connecting these different tunnels. Are there any um, markings or writing that we can visibly see as we move forward? Celine Ledger and Max roll perception checks. 15 for Celine. Uh, 7 from Ledger. <clears throat> 26 for Max. <laughs> Just the worst. I rolled a 19. Celine <laughs> <laughs> and Max, you both recognize uh, symbols that are carved into the, the earth. So they are not in the mausoleums that you enter. They're not in the crypts um, that are in, intercepted by these tunnels. But you recognize them as a... Thieves can't style language, just not one that you're familiar with. So some sort of like secret direction giving um, that, you know, seems to indicate like where to dig and how. Are we moving downwards on a grade or are we going forward and then there's steps down? You're moving downwards on a grade and it's a very like windy, loopy grade that um, is taking you in a a strange, circuitous path. And it, it seems to make no sense. Sometimes it turns on basically a dime and descends even further after you make like a, uh, you know, a, a turn around a corner and you're heading in exactly the opposite direction, but always down. And how hasty does this look? And is this something where the, it looks like it was just done and, and kind of as soon as a section was cleared, they just moved on? Or was this given a little bit of polish and, and finish? It looks like it was given, I don't want to say polish and finish. Uh, It's not like time was spent after the tunnel was dug, but it looks like it was done proficiently. It wasn't done hastily. It was done with consideration and forethought. Doran will ask Casper if he can read it. Doran, you ask Casper if he can read it. And what you get back is like overwhelming awe and this sense it's not even, it's not words, but it's like, they did it. He can't believe that they did it. Is that what he says? It's it's just the feeling that you get from him. But he doesn't say anything? No, he doesn't respond to you. Dorn will reach to the bars of the mindscape and poke him. <laughs> <laughs> Through the bars of his mindscape slash mind prison. Scape? he responds to that psychical poke 
and like jolts. He says, what? What do you want? Well? Uh, He says, no, I can't read it. I have no idea what it says. I don't believe you. (laughs) But all right. (laughs) But all right. (laughs) I mean, if you want, you can roll an insight check. Nah, he doesn't believe him, but that's okay. It's all good. So you you keep going down. Um, Mallory Mallory definitely gives Doran like a real weird look as he's like because I imagine every time he has a conversation with Casper, he like closes his eyes real hard. Not that he has to; it's just like what he does. Oh, I always like to imagine he rolls his eyes in the back of his head. Okay, even better. Mallory is just like, why? <laughs> she leans over to Castellos and is like, do you want to do you want to trade? Because I can help out with the the uh, barbarian guy. Like, you can have this gnome is great. You'd love it, Mallory. He's just he's he's very spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> He'll grow on you. So, as a group, you continue down further and further uh, into the ground. These mausoleums and crypts and stuff are starting to get fewer and further between. I, I had they, a question about the mausoleums. Yes. Are any of the sarcophag- sarcophagi? Sarcophaguses? Sarcophagies. Sarcophagies, dang it. Are any of the sarcophagies opened? Like they were searching for something? Yes, they have all been opened and the content strewn about. All of them. All, every single one. You you haven't gone into a crypt that hasn't been uh, defiled in some way. Is there any discernible pattern to the items or anything that we could use to discern what they may have been looking for? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Just because it's it's every single one, and I mean these crypts, especially as you are getting further down like this, uh, these are you know very old tombs uh, for very wealthy people. So, I mean, you would probably assume automatically, like if you weren't on the hunt for some evil cult. Uh, grave robbing because these all of the people interred here were likely interred with you know considerable wealth jewelry and that kind of stuff but the fact of the matter is it's every single one of them as you go through cool further and further down you descend uh, it's starting to get hot the the warm air has turned into heat Uh, you know you're all sweating a little bit it's I mean this is you're, it's on a par with like a Therunian summer now, and it's below freezing uh, on the surface. You get to a point where Max, with his 36 passive perception, uh, can start to hear voices in the room ahead. Max will do the, um, the classic fist in the air to signal stop. Um, so you do that. Uh, Ledger, go ahead and roll perception. <laughs> Because you, don't you need to be in the front for that to work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am not. Um, Ledger's perception roll is an eleven. Okay, so you do not hear it, nor do you hear Max or see Max do the hand thing because you're standing in front of him. Uh, and Castlehaus does not hear it, so you continue kind of creeping forward. If they continue creeping forward, then Max will say, hey, wait, 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 stop. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, you hear that. 
<laughs> Ledger will turn around and just do that what sort of look. <laughs> what? Max will uh, uh, tap his ear, as in listen, and then will point in the direction where the voices are coming from. And um, I'll kind of gather the group around and say, um, I'm starting to hear some voices coming from below. Be on your guard. Voices like Doran hears voices? I don't I don't hear anything. No voice. Oh, you're a goblin. The hearing. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is this is why you take care of the books and I take care of the investigation. Ledger does a little wink and a finger gun and yeah, he nods. He agrees. Max would like to try to see if we can hone in on what the voices are, like where they are, what they're saying. How good is Max's stealth? Pretty decent. I have uh, expertise in stealth. You scout it out. Okay, so Max, you're trying to listen in on the conversation, and yeah, and uh, if if it'll help, I will. Um, Max will. Stealth forward and kind of scout it out. So you realize as you stealth forward that the tunnel that you're in kind of comes to an end. And it comes to an end the same way it breaks into other crypts and mausoleums. And it's almost like a terrace. Like this tunnel opens out onto a terrace. And then there's something below the terrace, but you can't see it. And that's where those voices are coming from. And they're excited voices. Uh, they seem to be, you know, really happy about something. So I want you to roll a stealth check, uh, first and foremost. Okay, uh, stealth check, I got a 15 plus 9, so 24. Great, super stealthy. Um, you sneak up, uh, roll a... What's your plus to perception these days? Perception is plus 7. Yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, so... Um, you you can hear them talking below about how they're almost ready. They're almost ready. It's it's finally almost time. Do I recognize any of these voices? Does Max recognize any of these voices? Max does not recognize them. Max will if it's below where the the like the lip. I'm as I'm picturing this in my head. The tunnel that we are in comes and opens up into this area that's like a basically a pit below us and I'm kind of leaning over. Is there a rail? There's the remnants of a, of a rail. Like a fence post sort of railing? Yeah, the posts that hold the railing up, those. And they're, you know, they're all uh, marble and many of them have been, you know, broken off and, and sent down into the whatever is below. Uh, but you get the impression that you could probably hide behind one of those and get a picture of, of what's going on down below that railing. Yeah, so I would I would do that and sort of like grab onto one of those posts and kind of lean and try to look down and see what I can see. Are any of us more familiar with mausoleums than others? Because I feel like Celine, for example, may have been in one a time or two. That's creepy. <laughs> you know, it, it's on brand, though. Is it unexpected at all, it, though? It is yeah. on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Celine often picnics in graveyards sometimes. I'm thinking weird Halloween parties is where 
Selene has been in mausoleums before, but nothing this old. So the structures aren't predictable? Exactly. You you also know that there shouldn't be anything like this under the City of the Dead. There's no, you know, undermountain equivalent under the City of the Dead. All the, the creepy weird stuff happens on the surface and in like the crypts that are sunk into the ground a little bit. There's no significant record of this big underground structures in the City of the Dead. Okay. Okay, Max. Um, so what I want you to do is roll a perception check and then roll a constitution save. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well then. Um, that's not one of my fortes. As he peers into the basilisk den. <laughs> <laughs> Little stone goblin. The light die is my perception check. That is a 10 on the dice, so 17 total. Okay. And then my the dark dice is my constitution save. That's a 19 on the dice, so 22 Ooh. total. Sorry, 21, 21, 21. Okay. So um, here's what you see. You, you peer over, and as you kind of peer over and your vision is able to encompass uh, this, for lack of a better term, like a stone courtyard below. It looks like it's a much larger room than you would have anticipated. Um, The ceiling arcs over you 20, 30 feet above your heads. As you look down, you realize that the surface of the courtyard is another 20 feet below you. So it's a a really enormous chamber uh, that is man-made. Uh, As you peer over, you see a series of tunnels that have been cut into the earth uh, on the opposite side of you. And each of these tunnels is between 10 and 15 feet in diameter. Uh, The source of the voices are three figures in black robes. And then immediately below you is an enormous blue dragon. Did you say an enormous blue dragon? Yes, I did. Okay, a blue dragon. Uh, Now, so how many tunnels across the cavern from me are there? Like too many to count, or are we talking like five or ten? Seven. There are seven. Um, 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 yeah, so Max will creep back to the group and will share this information. Um, big man-made cavern, uh, seven large 10 to 15 foot tunnels going out away from us, and um, three robed figures looking at and speaking to a gigantic blue dragon. I've spent a, a little bit in, in Waterdeep and... Uh, I'm not really sure I'm too familiar with all of the dragon species. Uh, what what do we know about blue dragons? Celine, you know uh, from... You spent uh, some time drinking and partying with an orcish trade caravan out of Anorak, which is a, a big desert in Faerun uh, that had brought goods and, and things to Waterdeep to trade. And as bards do, you're listening to their songs, you're hearing their stories, you're trying to, you know, incorporate them into your own performances. 
uh, and you heard stories of blue dragons there. So your assumption is that blue dragons typically prefer desert areas uh, uh, like the Anorak Desert. Um, and that's something that Castle Haas affirms, too. He seems confused by the presence of this dragon here. First and foremost, it is a dragon in Waterdeep. Waterdeep is supposed to be protected from dragons. Uh, but additionally, it's a blue dragon in Waterdeep. Waterdeep is far away from a lot of deserts, uh, or from any deserts, really. Uh, so its presence is a little bit of a confusion for him. So she's going to turn to Ledger and shoot back at him to earlier when he was talking about how he'd love to have songs and tales from another bard because apparently Celine doesn't have enough. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, well, Ledger, let me tell you about a time when I was out with the Orcas Trade Caravan in the Anorak Desert And they were telling me all about the blue dragons that love to be out in the desert. So it's really strange that we would have one here, and especially in Waterdeep, when we're not supposed to have dragons in the area. I'm surprised your new bard friend doesn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Ledger is just turning crimson as as this, this is happening, and he is silent. (laughs) Well, he just accepts this rebuke. (laughs) She winks at Castlehaus. Oh, I love it. Castlehaus does too. He's barely containing his laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Do we think? Do we think that this is its its lair? That this is like? Did it, Max? Did it look like it had been here? for a long time? No. I mean, and I, I only glanced down there, but I didn't see anything um, that would that would make it look like this is where it's been holed up for, for longer than, you know, too long. Right? <laughs> That's right. There was no treasure that you could see down there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused about uh, why there's a dragon here myself. Um... Would uh, would Max have had any sort of um, experience or dealings with any anything dragon related during his life of crime? No, um, dragons are kind of an adventurer's boogeyman. Sim- like we we talked about this with liches too. They're they're yeah. a creature that everyone knows about, but very few adventurers have actually run into, and even fewer adventurers have returned from those encounters to tell the tales. So they're these larger than life creatures. Um, they're not like flying around every day, and people are like, "Hey, dragon, what's up?" And the dragon's like, "Yo, <laughs> it's uh, it, this is." I mean, encountering a dragon out in the wild on an adventure is uh, an ultra-rare occurrence. To have one in the city uh, or beneath the city is unheard of. Celine would like to know if the orcs told her anything about the blue dragons and their affinity towards treasures or uh, any sort of special relics that they prefer? I think that's a great question. And it's it's also definitely something that would be included in these tales. Because everything that you heard wasn't 
like a lecture. It wasn't like a you know an orcish historian standing up and like Ludens prefer. <laughs> I mean, this she would this. like that too. Yeah, it, it, but this is more like it's stories of <laughs> the TED talk. Yeah, a TED talk on dragons. Um, no, this is more like tales of adventurers in the desert that encountered these dragons and did battle and, re- and returned victorious with the treasure and that kind of stuff. So you do know that blue dragons tend to prefer gems. Uh, that is their uh, treasure du jour. Uh, and they, they it, typically they make their uh, lairs in big, wide open, but barren places. They're not like cave dwelling dragons. Um, and if they are, you know, they need ready access to the sun. It's strange to have one down here like this. Celine is going to use her hat of disguise and she is going to adorn herself with multiple gems of different colors. Oh, I love where this is going. And honestly, if you, Dorn has been saying anything, he just looks really excited to meet a dragon. <laughs> Max is also very excited about meeting a dragon. <laughs> Ledger is not. <laughs> of course. All right. Ledger will ask if um, if we can perhaps get a blessing from the cleric or you know things along those lines uh, before we head down. If there's anything that the Harpers can do to ready us as part of the plan. Uh, yeah, Calibo uh, can bless folks. Calibo can bless up to three. I, I would go without the blessing and let and give it to the rest of the uh, the rest of the agency. Uh, well, it might be a good idea to have him bless Ryan too. Don't waste your buffs on the NPCs. Ryan Redshirt will be fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, the three of you are blessed. Calebo is happy to do it. Selena's going to give Bardic inspiration to Max, Doran, Ledger, and Castlehaas. He gives you some finger bows. He's like, thanks. So I was going to cast Armor of Agathus on myself as well. Doran will change shape into a... Not a bejeweled, because... Ugh, druids can't do that for some reason. <laughs> but a mink with just a luxurious fur. Very shiny and, uh, fur. Assume the... I can't say it. The neck thing position. Brad, I need you to roll a constitution saving throw. No problem. (laughs) They say no problem? (laughs) (laughs) Ten. So you are overcome with the stink of the corruption. As soon as you turn into a mink, that smell hits your... I mean, it, it just overwhelms you. It's in your throat and you can taste it. And it just immediately turns your stomach uh, and it pops you right out of your mink form back into Gnome Doran. Oh, no! Oof. Yeah, Doran will be sitting on his he's, butt. Just, oh, whoop, I figured he was sitting on my shoulders. Just like, what the? No, Doran! What are you doing? Oh, only if he climbed up there before he <laughs> No, uh, he was just turning into it, so he would have been... Yeah, he would have been on the ground. Still on the ground. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> it would have been hilarious, though. Oh, the, he said he assumed the position of a stole. Well, that was the plan. 
Yeah. <laughs> that smell! Oh! The corruption's here! Uh, uh, did, uh, did Max smell anything? Um, is, is Max still smelling the chemical? Um, so you, as soon as you saw the dragon put two and two together, you realized that the chemical smell that you had was like burning air when electricity hits air. Mm. Ionization. So all the lightning and the gnome shot, exactly. You're 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 smelling ozone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they don't in Faerun, they don't know it's ozone. No, they, so they, they might call it burning air or something like that. So that's what you were smelling. You the the corruption is kind of beyond your sense of smell. Max will uh, check in on Dorn and make sure that he's okay, and uh, and ask him in that oh so um, uh, subtle. Uh, with great bedside manner. Um, how many wild shapes do you have left now? <laughs> Doran will hold up one finger. All right, maybe we should just Oof. go down. Maybe we just go down as the agency. Yeah. All right, let's do Thanks, this. Thanks, Fletch. <laughs> hey, man, it was your con save. <laughs> let's do this. Um, so as you head into the tunnel uh, and out onto the balcony, you realize that the three cloaked figures are now gone. Oh. Um, they're not in that courtyard anymore. Uh, and to your left, the balcony sort of wraps around a little bit, and you can see stairs leading down into the central courtyard area. Max will, um, Max will lead the way with um, and uh, have Celine yeah. uh, with him there in the front so that we can... I'd like to be ahead of Max, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So you reach the courtyard area, and as you step down off the stairs, it's basically like over your right shoulder that you can see the dragon, and it's laid out on the ground, and it's it hasn't picked its head up. You can hear it breathing, and you can see its great chest rise and fall, uh, but now you realize that its breathing is a little labored. Uh, and as you approach closer, Doran, you can see the telltale marks of that corruption. These black sort of tendrils that kind of reach under the scales and skin of the dragon and stretch out uh, from, its, from its veins and uh, reaching, it, it seems to emanate out from its chest. Uh, and it's, you know, slowly kind of wrapping the entire creature. Although it's, you don't watch it move, but you can see that it is this progressive disease. And as you, you know, get even closer, it opens up its eyes, which are milky and kind of far away. And some of those tendrils are starting to reach out into the whites of its eyes but they still lock on Celine as she gets close enough for it to see her. And she says in this deep, rumbling voice, My, my, don't you look lovely? 
Hello, everyone. It's Jason, your producer here. Thank you for listening to episode 12 of Cold Case. We have a gigantic two-part finale coming up, so stay tuned for that. And as always, thank you so much for allowing us to be part of your podcast rotation. We had a bit of dragon discussion in the middle of the show, and while we didn't end up using it in the show itself, I really liked it a lot and I didn't want to get rid of it, so I'm going to add it here at the end, so don't go anywhere. We also have our usual handful of fun outtakes, so stay tuned. As soon as the outro is finished, we'll have that. It's pretty good. I like it. As usual, I want to say thank you to the folks who helped make our show happen. First up, Tabletop Audio. They are always so wonderful letting us use their soundscapes and sound effects for our show. All of Tim's work is available for free at TabletopAudio.com. He's got 10-minute music and ambiance tracks for any gaming need. And if you want to chip in, you can join the Patreon. We are members, and we have access to all of the alternate tracks, like music only or sound effects only, and we use those all the time in the show. So thank you. Go check them out, tabletopaudio.com. I would also like to say thank you to Bugbear Bubbles, home of not only the world-famous gelatinous cube soap, but now the brand-new Druid Craft Soap on a Rope. It's a huge D20 in swirly greens with an amazing smell. They're just so cool. Go check them out, bugbearbubbles.com. And if bath bombs are your thing, keep your eyes peeled for the fireball, complete with eight sparkly, fiery D6 inside. Those are coming soon, bugbearbubbles.com. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Please, please, please vote. And stay tuned for more mystery. In our version of Waterdeep, does metallic or chromatic matter? That's a great question. I'm not making the difference. In Faerun, um, obviously we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and here we are at the end of Season 3, and we've encountered our first dragon. There have been plenty of dungeons, but dragons are, while they are a part of Faerun and a part of you know, the lore of this world, they're also relatively rare. They're very powerful. They're, you know, these intelligent creatures um, that live for a very long time, but there are relatively few of them. So it's not common that adventurers run into them. Dragons are like some of the boogeymen that adventurers share around the table alongside liches and beholders and, you know, scary creatures like that. Uh, because dragons are smart um, and because they are thinking, reasoning beings, uh, they are not all evil, but they are not all good either. It's not like blue dragons are automatically good, black dragons are automatically evil, uh, silver dragons are automatically really good. It, there's none of that. They, they choose what they do, but because they are so powerful and because they are so long-lived, they often are seen as... Um, uh, dangerous and severe and threatening because they don't tend to have the same consideration for the other mortal species. Um, this is like, you know, going into the, the thinking of vampires and, you know, a lot of vampire lore. They've been around so long that their morality is just different. Um, they perceive good and bad and everything else differently than other people do. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, shorter-lived species. So, um, while dragons, so while dragons aren't guaranteed to be evil, they are always guaranteed to be dangerous. And so that's the thought process that, process that these adventurers would have. 
is that, you know, they're not going to make any assumptions about this, uh, but there is one guarantee that if the dragon decides to fight, uh, it is a, a considerable threat. A better question is, how does Ledger know what a finger gun is? <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. I imagine, I imagine the equivalent is like the hand crossbow in Dungeons and Dragons. Like it still oh, yeah, works. Just a little crossbow. It just takes. You can't do it rapid fire because it takes like three minutes to reload one. So it's you do two, hand crossbows are quick. <laughs> you do two finger guns and then you reload real quick and then you can do two more finger guns. Okay. Yeah. I call them finger bows. Finger bows. Jason, feel free to throw like a little burp sound effect in there too. <laughs> the dainty burp, though. A dainty burp. A dainty burp. <laughs> That's too much. Like that? It's too much. That's not dainty. Like that? It's just a little. That was. You're getting further away. <laughs> oh, just. A- <laughs> Now we're getting into like the letter Kenny territory of fart book. <laughs> does Max recognize any of these voices? Max does not recognize them. Would Jason? <laughs> would would Yes, all of the voices are Fletch, Jason, so you recognize yeah. all of the voices. <laughs> you got me. Oh. Uh. Yeah, all of their accents are terrible, so you recognize all of them as me. <laughs> they sound Midwestern. Midwestern. They start every sentence with, oh, don't you know? Oh, don't it's you almost know. time. Really, there? It's almost time? <laughs> oh, we did Who's it. We've got the spotted cow now. We did it, everyone. Well, for Pete's sake, I didn't think I was going to take this long. Pilgrim. Max. Do you want me to lift you up with my mage hand so you can see better? I weigh more than 10 pounds. It doesn't say... Oh, it is. Dang it. That's at the bottom of the spell. Should be at the top of the spell. (laughs) Too too many meat pies. (laughs) Blame Doran. It just keeps it just keeps giving them to me and I can't say no. I can't say no. <laughs> Max just has this okay. little dad bod with a green <laughs> belly. Oh god bod. I guess Doran is an expert at feeding rogues. <laughs>